neutral corner. In the neutral corner. Welcome in the neutral corner. Tonight, we got to see and we got to witness what everybody expected to happen. We got to witness greatness. The, the, the true goat make his return to the sport. And um, the true number one pound for pound fighter. Pound for pound is... A fighter that no matter the weight, no matter the class, no matter the opponent, he can move up and beat anybody. And that person is John Jones. The truth is, is that you're only as good as your last fight in the eye of the broad audience. The mainstream, the hardcores, you know, they know who that was. But these casuals, which is what makes up most of the sport, let's be honest, the casuals, they only know the last thing that they saw. An unmotivated John Jones at light heavyweight against Dominic Reyes, 12-0 and prospect, and he's like, oh God, I'm defending my championship for, what is this now, the 70th time or something crazy like that? No, but I told you guys in episode three, John Jones was going to be motivated for this matchup and that he was going to be the one to come back and stake his claim as the GOAT, as the pound-for-pound number one. You know, of course, I'm a big Volkanovski's fan, so, like, I get everybody talking about the pound-for-pound number one and him and all of that, but now that John's back, and now that John got the uh, prerequisite defeat of Cyril gone out of the way, now we can move on, you know, now we can move on with our goat talk and our pound for pound talk and acknowledging who it really is. Because he's even more qualified than Khabib. You know, Khabib's 30-0 and 0 and he never got disqualified. But John's never lost. John's never, never lost. You... Look at the numbers. You look at the numbers of the Gustafsson fight, the first one. You look at the numbers of the Reyes fight. Okay, they may have outlanded him by punt, you know, uh, total strikes, but like maybe not significant strikes. Okay, maybe maybe not control time. Maybe not, you know, uh, takedowns. But I mean, look at the judging the last few years in fighting. We've seen way worse decisions we've seen way worse you know uh outcomes of fights for things way less so i definitely feel like <clears throat> john jones has has beaten the he has had the hardest schedule he essentially has had road games the whole entire time facing world champion after world champion after world champion he he is what it is to be a mixed martial arts fighter in the cage he takes your weaknesses he makes them glaring he takes your strengths and he makes your strengths weaknesses 
Um, everybody forgets too that you know because John had was one of those people that fell in love with the ground or I mean with the stand up rather that fell in love with kickboxing and fell in love with the oblique kicks and the elbows and the jabs and the and the spinning back kicks and things like that from day one John Jones was a wrestler Greco-Roman wrestler meaning he just gets a just gets a hold of you and he's going to drag you down he's going to pin you up against the cage he's going to use your weight and he's going to manipulate it into his advantage and and get what he needs to get done done I mean that's what he's done from the moment he stepped into that octagon he's never lost He's he's the best. He's the best there's ever been. There's there's no there's no second talk. People do like to discredit him for some of the things that have gone on in the past. Now, first of all, personal life at the end of the day it is what it is. It has nothing to do with the sport. Yes, he's a public figure. Yes, he should be a good role model. He should be, for sure. But he ain't, or he wasn't. But I'll tell you, a great role model is someone who has come from having to pull themselves out of the trenches like that. You know, but one of the things that uh, people are saying are the failed drug tests for John and let's be honest we know for sure that there were at least I don't know two tests that he failed I, that he for sure was I mean my man was a cokehead <laughs> like come on do you know what they cut that with do you not do you does anybody understand how drug works does anybody understand how basic drug dealing works how basic you know just cutting your product to make more of it so you can make more money for less purchase in the original you know in the beginning like John gets a little bit of cocaine they put a little bit of this in it and they don't know exactly what they're doing who know I mean who knows gas station dick pills that thing's been pretty popular but John Jones has never come off to me as someone that's like on the sauce. Like his 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 game I don't know. It just doesn't it just doesn't it's not the same, right? When Vitor was busted, you could see it. Or Chael Sonnen, you could see it, right? Because they're you know Chael's a wrestler. His job's to be strong and hold you down. Vitor was known for just being yoked and explosive and powerful. None of which John was ever known for. John was known for being explosive, yeah, but not in the same way as like Vitor was. John was known for being strong, I guess, but pretty much in the sense that you would think someone like that would be strong. Someone who has an extreme understanding of leverage and been wrestling since the you know he was 12 years old or so <clears throat> but Jones beats Stipe there's no doubt in my mind I will say this 
if you guys are looking for advice on who to pick for a win, and if you're looking at a UFC fight card, you say, man, I think I might want to bet some money on this card. Um, you need to talk to Taylor. <laughs> you know, my girlfriend Taylor, because I suck. Apparently, I am Chael Sonnen when it comes to picking these fights, because... Dude, I think I got like four out of those fights, right? I mean, John Jones was one, but it seems as if they forgot who he was and, and you know, I'm excited for him to come back and remind everybody. And I think that Stipe is the perfect opponent. I'm a big Stipe fan. I really am. This whole thing is overshadowed by the Francis Ngannou situation, just in the sense of, like, the casual fan. But the only issue and the only thing that I would worry about with Francis is just can John take that punch? Simply because can any human being take that punch? I mean, we saw what happened to Stipe, right? Like, he took those punches and then he got knocked out by Daniel Cormier. You know, like who does Daniel Cormier knock out? Really, like knock like the, you know what I mean. Um, but I think that John Jones beats Stipe. I think he either TKOs him or subs him out like that. I think T. I think honestly, I think that what's going to happen is is he's going to come out. He's going to kickbox a little bit. And um, I think is going to shoot, and he's going to choke him out with another guillotine. John's got long arms, so he's got really good um, slick guillotines, and he always has. As a matter of fact, he beat Ryan Bader to win his first, like, number one contender spot, right, with a guillotine, just like that. And in his first title defense, he beat Lyoto Machida with a standing guillotine, just like that. So it's not something new. It's not even that's not even a new wrinkle in his game. That's how that's how vast this guy's game is. That he beat him with something tonight that he won ten years ago with in the UFC. Very similar to it against the cage, front face lock, underneath the chin, <clears throat> Yitting. It's amazing, this sport. It really is. Because just as convinced as I was that John was going to come out there and do that, I was just as convinced that Valentina Shevchenko was going to do the same. But I will say this. It always seems like there's a number, right? And John Jones may be the exception. Where the champion finally, it finally catches up to them of being the champion. What I mean by that is, is when you, when you're gunning for the championship, when you're gunning, you're that contender and you eat, breathe, sleep fighting and you want to be that world champion and you're looking at the person who is holding that in their possession and, and your goal is to beat that person, guess what you're doing? You're studying that person, that one person. Their every move, 
you know, everything about them. Every little technique, every film. You may watch, if they have 10 UFC fights, you may watch every fight five, six, ten times in a camp preparation. And seeing every little detail. And that's exactly what happened tonight. She said in her post-fight interview, right off rip, she said that she was, you know, I knew that she liked to spin and I was going to capitalize on that. And that's exactly what she did. And she's a world champion now because of it. It's amazing. Because when you're the champion, you can't focus on one person. You got to focus on the top 10. At least. At least the top 10. And that's assuming that not everybody in the top 10 is tied up and they have a quick fallout. And, you know, you have to face number number 15 because there's no one else available and you know they're a late replacement or even an unranked person and you have no idea what their strengths are or no you know or maybe you do have an idea but you've only got you know in a in the best cases in the best cases you've got 12 weeks to train for this person when this person's been looking at you for the whole time you've been the champ it's not an even trade-off. Every camp, you got to focus for someone different. But for the world champ, or for the challengers, every camp, they got to focus on the world champ. That's who they're here focused to beat. When you have a long division reigning champion, I mean, that so much doesn't work. Whenever there's a hot potato going around with the championship, but in the situation of Valentina Shevchenko, or like when. Juliana Pena beat Amanda Nunez when there's a long-running champion and that champion is is burnt out. And I, I kind of felt that from Shevchenko. And I felt that in her last fight. And I felt it in this fight a little bit. But, you know, uh, she probably, Shevchenko probably starches homegirl in the rematch, to be honest. Because sometimes these guys lose focus. Gals lose focus. Even if it's just for a moment. That momentary lapse is enough to change the course of history. Um, who else? What else happened tonight? It's a big night, you know? Oh, Bo Nickel fought, right? Um, the other two in between, there was a really good fight. And I can't enunciate either one of their names, but it's like Romanovov, dude, amazing, what a, what a show of heart, you know, and then Bo Nickel, of course, everybody expected that, hate to say it, hate to be this way, but, um, for every bit that I want to say bad, like, oh, this about Bo, and this about Bo, and I don't see nothing special, and, this and that. I mean, obviously, there is something special there. Because guys aren't just going in there and doing that to Jamie Pickett. I mean, if they were, he wouldn't be in the UFC. I mean, Bo's got this amazing belief in himself. And I think that in of itself is a tool that a lot of fighters do utilize. But you can tell which ones utilize it the most. 
Bo has this incredible, almost arrogant aura about himself. But so does John Jones. And look what he just did tonight. You know? So did Kamar Usman. And everybody gets theirs. Everybody gets theirs. But you have to have that insane belief in yourself to get to that next level. Because the world is full of naysayers and the world is full of people telling you that you can't. So you have got to be your cheerleader and you have got to be the one to say, yeah, 100%. And Bo's got that in his head. And that's going to take him farther pretty much than anything else is his just full steam ahead mentality. That's just facts. Um, let's see what else, you know, uh, it really was a good card tonight. Top to bottom. Um, Oh, let me touch on this. Cody Garbrandt. I'm not really usually one to say that a fighter needs to retire, but he's got to hang the gloves up. You're not ever going to get the world championship back. Okay. You, you fought against a guy that it was the biggest opportunity of his life to fight a former world champion. And this is supposed to be your, Hey, I'm back in the saddle performance. And it wasn't none of them. Had you even not gotten clipped in that third round, it still wouldn't have been an impressive performance. You throw 10 punches, you throw 12 strikes and you think that that's an incredible performance. No, you danced around cause you're afraid to get hit. Facts are facts, bro. I'm sorry, but Cody Garbrandt has got, he's got to do it because we're, you know, as bloodthirsty as us MMA fans are, we don't want to watch you die in there, dude. And the guy, the, the guy landed like eight strikes up until this point, And like, I think six of them were kicks. Like, let's be honest. The first real solid punch that dude landed on Cody was in the third round and Cody almost got knocked out. And then Cody started grabbing on for dear life and praying to God that that bell rang. And that's how Cody's last fights have been. He was 11-0 when he won the championship. And his record now is 13-6. Or 13-5. Let that sink in. 11-0 when he won and he beat Dominic Cruz in 2016. 11 and 0. And now he is 13, including tonight's victory, and 5. Bro. It's time. You know what I mean? Um, moving on from that, you know, uh, release my first ever interview yesterday right after a great sparring session with a good friend of mine you know um we trained together uh love watching him fight cam bennett it was an awesome awesome experience you know i'm looking forward to doing more of those i'm looking forward to getting a good setup to where i can do um you know just a video instead of all this uh piecing together of clip art and etc but um, really love the support and everything I'm getting from everybody, and I really appreciate it. So I'm, I'm wanting to keep pumping these things out for you and keeping on, keeping on. You know, um, 
I do want to touch on the bare knuckle that happened last weekend. Uh, I did not really talk about it. I am going to change my release dates with the exception of special episodes, such as the interview I released earlier today or yesterday. I mean, um, my release days are going to start being Sundays. That way it gives me the opportunity to have the week to digest any MMA news, local uh, and more, but also having the weekend to digest that as well. So like being able to watch a fight on Saturday and give you my instant thoughts. Because one thing I want to do is be able to give you my thoughts before you guys hear it from everybody else. You know, and I, I, I that's going to be my goal. Uh, this week, I'm not sure if I'll be able to make it. I'm pretty busy today. But definitely my goal here on out is to have Sundays be my weekly uh, release day. Um, but anyways, because of that, I didn't get to touch on the bare knuckles last weekend. And I'm not going to go really in depth. We had a local Pensacola fighter fight on the card, um, Brett Williams. And uh, honestly, I'm not even going to try to be mean. I'm not even going to try to be anything but brutally honest. He um, he did good for what he was matched up against, okay, in the sense of he's five foot nine, and he fought a welterweight, or uh, I guess they're fighting that light heavyweight, which is uh, one seventy five, who was six foot seven. You heard me right, five foot nine against six foot seven. Whoever okayed that matchup, Brett, if that's you. No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. Ask somebody. Right? There's a difference between being tough and being dumb. I've learned that lesson. We have all have to learn that lesson. And now you have. And now's the time to, uh, you know, have people make and take smart fights. Because being tough... And proving that you're not scared doesn't make you any money. It doesn't it doesn't get you any more clout. It, it it's it's not smart. And you're taking unnecessary damage. I mean six foot seven when you're five foot nine, that's that's a big discrepancy. It's a long reach discrepancy, and that's all the guy had on him. Guy didn't have skill on him. I mean, he didn't. I'm not, I'm not even. I'm not even trying to say that like. Like you're like that. That like Brett's a boxing, you know, savant. But the guy did not have more skill than Brett. He was just physically much bigger, and much longer, and just stayed behind a good, crisp, basic boxing jab. No shame in that. The guy was literally six foot seven. Oh my god, dude. It just annoys the shit out of me. Because that's such, I mean, pointless. And he got hurt. His eye got swelled shut. And I know that he went out on his shield and he's proud of that. And we're all proud of that. Represent Pensacola as some tough sons of bitches for sure. But. Gotta take smarter fights. Gotta take smarter fights. Kudos to his cornerman for recognizing the damage and telling him, like, <clears throat> dumb and tough is a fine line. And those cornermen realized that. And they, they told him that live to fight another day, you know. 
that the eye damage isn't something you can play with the bare knuckle. It's just a different ball game. And then the main event, Alan Belcher fought Arnold Adams for the uh, heavyweight championship, dude. Great fight. Great fight. Um, you saw you saw real life drama in that fight. What I mean by that is is that I have a whole not that I didn't have a respect for him before. I don't know him like that, but uh, Alan Belcher. I mean, just a whole new level of respect for him. A whole new level of respect because. Oftentimes in fights, you will see a fighter want to quit. You can see it. You can see the look come over their face. You can see the look in their eye where they're like, all right, I'm done. Where they check out. You see it all the time. They call it a thousand yard stare, but it's the same thing. And Belcher had it. Twice. And that second knockdown, I didn't think he was going to get up. I mean, who would have blamed him, dude? Like, his bare knuckle is fucking so brutal. And I could tell he wanted to quit. And I don't know what kept him going. I I really don't. But the man got up, and I honestly believe just the fact that he got up is what won him that championship. Obviously. I mean, if he'd have stayed down, he'd have definitely lost it, you know, per the rules. However, when he got up and Arnold Adams saw him get up and he's like, the hell, what the fuck do I have to do to beat this guy? Like, how, what am I going to do? And I think Belcher broke him just, just from getting up, just from the sheer heart and will and fortitude and persistence I don't even know the guy, and I'm just so proud to have witnessed that moment and watched that man overcome all those demons that were flooding in his head at that moment, saying, fuck it, your eye hurts, fuck it, you can't see, fuck it, you're bleeding, fuck it, you're tired, fuck it, you've made it, you're here in the main event, everybody else fails, and he didn't, he said, no, I'm not, I'm getting up, I'm I'm doing this, and then knocks out. Arnold Adams. Phenomenal stuff. And and this is why we love fighting. This is why we love this sport. Because of John Jones coming back from a three-year layoff. And everybody thought, John Jones, what has he been doing for three years? Oh, he's just been banging hookers and doing cocaine and... Peakograms and disagrams and Instagrams. Listen, no. John Jones was in that gym training his ass off like a madman to become the heavyweight champion of the world. Why? Because that's what he does. How do I know that? Because he's been doing it his whole career. Even 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 in even in his worst days when he said he was only training when he had fights, he was still training. He is incredibly gifted. He is dedicated. And now that he's 35 years old, at least for now, he is matured. 
the world's his oyster and the sky's the limit for John Bones Jones. I'm just telling you that now. Ride off in the sunset, Johnny B. Ride off in the sunset. I need you to beat Steep A, and then there's no one else for you to beat. Who else? The sport has 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 the sport has moved on from sport. Purely sport. It is now sport spectacle. It is a spectacle sport. And you need to fight the biggest name, get your biggest payday, and get the fuck out of there with your legacy intact. Don't Anderson Silva it. George St. Pierre it. You understand? <laughs> Come back, get that win, do what you have to do, and get the fuck out. You beat Stipe. I know you do. I know you choked Stipe out in the second round. I've seen Stipe fight, and he's one of my favorite fighters, and he's tough. But he'll start reaching to grab when he gets in a panic mode. And when he reaches to grab is when John capitalizes. Anyways, guys, it's very late. I did this right after the show, and um, I'm very tired. So I'm going to go to bed. I appreciate all of you guys' support. I appreciate all of the listens. I appreciate all of the likes, all of the subscribes, and in every uh, in every media that you can find it. Um, thank you so much. This is in the neutral corner with R.J. Summerlin. Godspeed.